Hello and welcome to episode 238 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is February 15th, 2021. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me, as always, is my co-host, Slappy Jones. The show notes page for this episode will be mcflugel.com slash 238, where you can learn all about tractors and also check out our sponsor, Liberty Mugs. Dot com where you can buy libertarian and bitcoin theme mugs um is that does does the uh saint samuel shine a uh, a ray of light upon us for our agorism there slappy i don't know but my question is or what i want you to do is could you please explain to the listeners all the stuff they like at least some of the stuff they can learn about tractors on our website? Um, just everything there is to know. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So why don't you introduce our guest, Slappy? Yeah, our guest today. Well, all right. We'll, we'll introduce the guest. We have a return guest. Welcome back to the show. Steppy at Please Know. Back for yeah, another thanks. appearance. And, thanks uh, for having me back. Yeah, man. We love having you. And we're going to talk about, well, Rao, are we talking about the article he wrote? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So Steppy wrote an article. You want to tell us what it's about? Uh, sure. Yeah. So uh, this is an article that I uh, dropped a, maybe a week and a half ago on uh, boys.town, uh, which <laughs> is uh, sort of a private, well, it's publicly readable, but private membership version of Twitter for uh, some of the boys who kept getting banned on their accounts. So we wanted some more persistent to post. Uh, so I wrote this article. Uh, it's called uh, No Fat Conkins, Finding Gains in an Unswole World. Uh, and basically the gist of it is, uh, you know, there's... A lot of complaining in uh, online libertarianism, and I think we all are, you know, getting frustrated with that and wanting to move towards solutions. And, you know, one important one that I think people can overlook, uh, you know, a lot of people learn theory or, you know, work on gardening or Bitcoin. And, you know, these things are all good, but uh, an imperative, I think, that a lot of people overlook is just the the basic act of becoming independently healthy, uh, getting your, your physical health in order. And I think there's a lot of benefits to it, uh, to libertarians that, you know, help advance the cause. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, maybe something that does get overlooked, and um, you kind of. Cool. I just, I, I think, God, I think the fat Konkin meme is just one. It's it's just funny. Um, <laughs> it is funny. It's, it's it's just so silly and, and stupid, and it doesn't like on, on the surface. I think there's a couple levels of it. It on one hand, it just doesn't mean anything. It's just funny because he's fat and. You know, you make jokes about it. But on the other hand, I think when you frame it the way that you did with this article about how important being like reasonably physically fit is, is that a lot of the people that do call themselves, I, uh, let me, let me frame this well. Um, 
there's agorism's fine. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I think that I'm an agorist, but people who take that as a personality, you know how there's like the libertarians in personality that are just the worst people. Well, I think that that also applies to agorists in personality. And so when you just sit there and, you know, uh, pound your, you know, copy of the Libertarian Manifesto and talk about all this stuff like, oh, you should be doing this and then this. And if you're not growing your own food and, and doing this, and if you're not, you know, working under the table, then, then you're not doing anything right. Um, and like the guy, and I don't want to like uh, straw man Conkin because I tend to think that the agorists and personality are greatly exaggerating or at least not representing him well but that stuff is all well and good but when you're just like a fat dude like Konkin like, <laughs> you're simply not going to be effective you see what I'm kind of saying there how it's you're fat shaming yes <laughs> uh yeah well it, it, no I totally get it and I I was deliberately sort of a provocative in my tone in this article because i think that's kind of necessary to kick people in the in the butt with this stuff sometimes but yeah especially you know something like agorism which i think bills itself at least like the online meme of it bills itself as sort of like libertarianism plus praxis plus solutions of some kind and it's like man if you like if if that's your mentality if it's like libertarianism plus a battle plan you got to be battle ready like you know Mm -hmm. if you're trying to drop out of society you got to be tough well i thought that was interesting one of the things you pointed out in the article just kind of jumping around a little bit but the army test is that that's their fitness test i guess everyone in the army has to pass Oh, um, I, I, yeah, I, I have, I'm way out of pocket, but yes, I, I, Wikipedia uh, right. told me some, some facts about <laughs> army physical true. standards. Well, I'd imagine it's probably close to accurate, especially, I mean, but thir- 39 push-ups in two minutes, 45 sit-ups in two minutes and a two mile oh, run, eight and a half. That's, that's, that's for the young folk. Um, yeah. What do they have for the seniors? That's that's a so good was, question. I, I had it open. Um, oh wait, Slappy, you're even senior than I am. Yeah. So you only have to do 34 push-ups, uh, 38 sit-ups, and you got to do a two-mile run in under 18 minutes, 18 seconds. I can do that. So you basically walk it. Um. Well, I mean, they have to have the test for a reason. Like, are there yeah. a lot? I, and I, I don't know. Are there a lot of people who can't do that? I mean, surely there there must be people who are filtered out. I mean, this is, you know, out of my expertise. But I, unless it's, it, look, and it, it is the government, unless it's just an arbitrary number, which it right. may well be. Like, the, this theoretically is just some minimum degree of battle readiness. The, the ability yeah. to move a distance efficiently. Or, like, if I'm on know, a battlefield, carry- though? And the dude next to me just barely passed. Like, I'm not feeling too confident. Yeah, I would have to imagine that there's something to those numbers. I mean, as much as we like to rip on the government, there's also... That's what I'm saying. Like, if you barely pass, are you getting a desk job somewhere? 
Like you can't be on a battlefield and that's what you're what you're doing. I mean, isn't that kind of what basic training? I don't know. Like a, I've never been. I don't know. Yeah. I'm talking. I have no clue, man. Well, I know at least uh, one or two people who are ex-military read this and didn't uh, insult me. So I couldn't have been that uh, <laughs> off base. But, you know, the point stands like the reason I picked those minimum numbers is like people go through, you know, basic training, which is not that long in the big scheme of things. Uh, and they clear this minimum bar. And I don't think that's that much of a demand for your average person. It's like, you know, just treat yourself like your own drill sergeant, go through basic training and, you know, do those 40 push-ups and those 40 sit-ups and, you know, run two miles in a reasonable amount of time. It's not that crazy. Like people get forced to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and and this is you brought up Bitcoin earlier, uh, just as, as like one of the the strategies or whatever. And and you, I agree with you that it's that Bitcoin can't be the only thing. Um, you, you you need other things to be you know kind of put together well in your life, and this is a good thing. But I think that all of these things um, kind of create positive feedback loops among themselves. So, you know, getting, getting in shape, starting to eat healthier. Um, I would argue that that creates a lower time preference kind of mindset for you. And that also coincides well with what Bitcoin does to you. So, you know, if you're, if you're more future oriented because you're starting to save more and you care about what your money's going to be able to get you do for you at some point in the future, well, you want to be able to, you know, be reason to be there in the future and be able to do, you know, whatever you want to do. And, and part of that is being healthy and, and having some, some strength and, and like you said, be battle ready. So, um, you know, you, you don't want to be really out of shape and, and in terrible health. Um, if you're denying doing things to your, if you, if you're not doing things right now, because you want to do them in the future, you know, you're saving. So it fits perfectly. And that's why I like when, when, when these strategies were, were kind of like figuring out what to do with ourselves. And when these things kind of mesh together so well, it kind of leads me to say, well, yeah, on their own, they seem like good things to do. But when you're kind of putting them next to the other things that you want to do, it, it seems to just all mesh together so well. And that leads me to believe that, yes, this is the correct path. Yeah, I, you know, I, I really, that's that's a great point that I didn't put together. But, uh, you know, you get people like who are like just starting to get into Bitcoin and they're always like, I missed it, I missed it. And you tell them it's still early and they're like, ah, I don't know, man, like I could have gotten in at like $9,000, right? But it's like, all right, so you're upset that you were two years late on this ride. But what if you could add 10 years to your life? Like, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I just think that's a great observation. Like, it, it's a perfect synergy between, like, having a, you know, positive, uh, t- uh, low time preference attitude in any area of your life. It's like the, the longer and healthier you can live to enjoy things, uh, the better. Yeah. And on top of that, too, and, and you talked about, hey, if you can't do this stuff right now, that's fine. You know, you could 
it would have been great if you started five years ago, but the next best time is to start right now. Uh, and we do the same thing with Bitcoin. People say, oh, I'm too late. And, you know, Bitcoin, it's, what is it, like forty-seven or $48,000 right now. And that's way too expensive. And you say, you know, who cares what the price is? Just put in $10. If that's all you can afford, put that in and, and, and go from there. Uh, you're only hurting yourself by not starting. So, you know, someone, someone who's kind of out of shape, maybe, you know, whatever's going on, they look at these numbers and say like, man, 39 push-ups in two minutes, I can barely do four. And they say, oh, what's the point? Do four. Well, the point is, yeah, do four. No, we still <laughs> That's always... what you can do now. That's what you do. Yeah, man. Um, but, and you will not, you know, you will see gains. Um, like if, if you can't do those, you know, we would always say when I was coaching, um, you know, attitude and effort. If, if the highest you can jump is to get over a quarter, then get over a quarter every time, you know, uh, same with, if you think it's just such a mountain to climb to, to get to those, uh, those standards start now, you'll get there. It will happen and you'll be happy for it. And then you look at um, like with COVID going on now, I wonder how much of that, the the issues with COVID are due to obesity. Um, and if you're prepared for something like that, something like a pandemic or a disease or, or whatever, or, or the flu or the common cold for that matter, being a healthier person is going to help you <laughs> prepare to handle that. And, uh, so if you're out of shape, you know, start, start working on that. And look, like you're saying with a lot of the agorists and all the libertarians, the collapsitarians, like the time's coming, we're going to, the dollar's going to collapse and the government's going to fall. And we got Joe Biden in and Donald Trump and everyone hates each other. Well, you better be prepared. You're not going to be able to do it. If you look like Conklin Conkin, what's his name? Yeah. Conkin. Yeah. Um, I also liked what you added there too about having friends, allies. Like, don't be, uh, I guess, so antisocial all the time. Like, be nice to people because that'll help you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and like, you know, I've read like a lot of self help. Uh, <laughs> there was a, a point in my life where like I took that stuff a little more seriously. A lot of it's just you know warmed over common sense. But mm-hmm. uh, it, I don't know whose idea this is, but like you're the sum of like the five or ten people you spend the most time with, uh, or the average, whatever. Um, I think. Wait, that- really? <laughs> I have to start spending less time with you, Slappy. That's fine. That'll benefit me greatly. Good. Yeah, that's a win-win. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, sorry. No, no, that's good. Uh, so yeah, if, if you're the average of like the five people you most associate with, uh, like that flows both ways, right? Like you're contributing to their average, like you affect the company you keep as much as they affect you. So if you lift yourself up, you're going to lift up the people around you, or they're going to not want to go with you. Like, which, you know, that can happen to people when they start improving is you find out who's supportive and who's not. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really important if you want to have good people around you uh, either just in your life for happiness or in your political action in in libertarianism or bitcoin or agorism or whatever that you project the best winning persona that you can and look 
we're we're all primal people in in some regards and i think uh if you see someone striving to better themselves all the time like that registers that the the physical posture the sort of behavior that you can observe like people take note of that stuff whether you like it or not so you know that really lends to the importance of this stuff yeah you don't want to find out that you are always just the the duff in the in the friend group um so (laughs) sorry that that i guess that didn't land um (laughs) sounds like you are the duff (laughs) it seems like it uh, no, but uh, but but related to that. So at the end of your article, you have a little meme there, and it has the uh, the, the two dogs, one guy with the very chiseled chin, attractive dude, and uh, in the ripped body, and it says, "I don't read theory." And then it has the uh, the other uh, uh, Shibu with Konkin's face, and it says, "I grow to pickle," <laughs> which <laughs> I. Was- I was dying laughing when I when I saw that, but but to 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 kind of tack on with what you were saying, how we're kind of like we do have some primal aspects to us, and people who are physically fit and you know trying going after a goal, they're more attractive, and I don't mean that in just like a you know a sexually attractive sense, but just the way when when you're when you're getting more physically fit, um, one, you just look better. You can move around better. Um, and there's also physiological and physical things in your body. You tend, when you're healthy, you know, your skin clears up and everything. But one of the big things too is that you tend to be a little bit more confident. Um, one, because probably just you feel like you look better. And then two, you you know you set these goals and you accomplish them. Um, and so what's that? I mean, I have been out of shape in my life compared to where I was. Like, just about everyone can say that. But then when you get back into shape, I mean, you just feel better. Waking up in the morning, you feel better. Like, you know, is that the confidence? Is that being healthier? I don't know. But you just feel a lot better when you're in shape. Uh, Probably gives off a signal that you care. You take take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And people notice that. Mm -hmm. And so I think an important thing to consider there is, you know, I'm not saying that, oh, well, you just so you can be the popular, popular guy and uh, and not just the duff in the group. But if if you're out there to uh, to try to attract people to whatever movement you have, it's you know probably libertarianism. Um, you know, that matters if you're, you know, if you're confident if you're attracting people to you, then that's going to make them want to be around you and kind of listen to what you have to say, maybe. And so it's, it's also important just for the thing that you want to do in the first place, which is, you know, advanced Liberty. Um, it's a lot better. I mean, let's, let's, you know, when a girl goes on Twitter, an attractive girl, she gets a lot of attention. And if she, you know, if she's, you know, libertarian, it is what it is. Like we're humans. That's the way we function. Um, you know, is it, is she a grifter or does she actually have, you know, something good to say? That's another question, but, um, 
that's the way it works for, for better or for worse. So, you know, you can sit there and say, Oh, this, this girl just has a better, bigger following her, even though I do better theory than she does. Well, okay. Well, you're, you're, imagine how big Conkin's like, following it, it, would have been if he got in shape. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Well, so I, I would also add this, you know, like um, the important thing, I think, as far as, you know, th- this idea that uh, being in shape is like kind of magnetic and persuasive. It's very true. But the, the really the, the important thing is that it's more about trends and momentum. If you watch someone who's kind of like ascendant in, in their fitness, like they're really making strides, it doesn't actually matter where they're at. You're kind of like, oh, that person, like, like I saw pictures of them like a year ago, they were 350 pounds mm-hmm. and they just lost like 70 pounds this year. And I know they're going places and I'm really inspired by that person. I'm really proud of them. And then you see someone who like is some like Hollywood celebrity who's like a, you know super ripped but has like a drug problem and you're like oh that person's like going down like like so it's almost you know we're just to be careful here it's it's about where you're headed not where you're at yeah 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 that's that's a really good point because we've all seen those people that have lost some weight even though they're maybe not where they want to be but like it's it's exciting to just see that person and the improvement they've made and and you know it's Everyone always wants to give them compliments for good reason, and I think it, it, it gives them good feedback. Yeah, I think that's that's a uh, that's a really good point, um, and, and it's uh, it reminds me where did I hear something the other day about it? But it, it, South Park did something about this where uh, the kids they they uh, all the girls rated the boys in attractiveness, and the ones who were like kind of low were all depressed, and so they did like the uh, uh, a Christmas story, kind of, or no? What's the, a Christmas Carol thing where the uh, the ghosts bring the kids around to their their lives later on? And it's like, yeah, this kid that you know, um, I must have been in the Bitcoin podcast. I heard it recently. Yeah, it was. But uh, you know, the kid in in middle school that can just like get all the attention from girls and never has to like be motivated to to work on that. It's just he loses that the ability to develop that drive. And so when you do have to start from a place that maybe, maybe you're not as physically gifted naturally or, or you let yourself go or something. Um, and you're starting at a, at a, at a point further behind than other people. Um, I'm not saying that's an advantage, but it does give you an edge. Um, if you do actually, you know, put your mind to something and try to get in better shape because it, it forces you to, to, to have a sort certain discipline and, and drive that other people may, may not have. And so when those people that do start out really well, you know, you, you bring up the, the example of some, you know, act Hollywood actor or something that he has all these people, you know, all over him because he's got all this money and, and he can hire trainers and personal chefs and nutritionists and, and do all this stuff for him. And then maybe, you know, his, he's not in the spotlight anymore. Maybe maybe doesn't have as much wealth, doesn't have all the attention, and he's got to start doing it on, on this own. He, he might really struggle, and he might turn turn in the opposite direction, like you said, and, and, it's, and it would be a lot more difficult for him to maintain than it would be for someone who started out kind of in a rougher spot. 
and got to where they were because they, they understand what it takes to get there. It's almost like uh, the difference between someone who earns uh, earns a fortune versus someone who inherits it. There's nothing wrong with inheriting a fortune. We would all love to inherit a fortune, but since you don't necessarily understand all everything, every, all else equal, you don't have that same understanding of what it takes to build that. And so um, you just don't appreciate it as much. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, since this is the Rollo and Slappy show, just to keep jumping back to Bitcoin, uh, if someone like, you know, in 2021, just a, a normal middle class person went out of their way to become a whole coiner from scratch, that means so much more than some person who just had it like, you know, lying around on an old hard drive from like 2016. Like, you know, that person's yeah. going to really yeah, no, like, I, take I care that's... of that coin. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that ha- you see that on Twitter a lot when someone announces someone that came into Bitcoin a little bit later, maybe someone who doesn't have, you know, someone not very wealthy, you know, kind of living paycheck to paycheck a little bit. And they they make that they say, hey, I just saw recently someone that uh, said that they had a, a net worth of one uh, hundred thousand dollars. Now, we don't like to measure ourselves in, in cuck bucks, but, you know, I'll I'll give this one to him. Uh but he was like super, super excited. And, and he said, you know, where I came from a couple of years ago, I thought I could, was never going to be able to do this. I had all these blah, 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 all these problems. But, you know, he started getting into Bitcoin and, and started working on that goal. And, and $100,000 by today's standards is, is fairly meager. But to him, I mean, he moved a mountain and that's, that's really awesome. And like you said, same with the guy who was 350 pounds and lost 70 pounds. That dude's going places more so than the person that is, uh, I don't know, just living off, uh, um, you know, interest off uh, an inheritance that he has and, and, you know, doesn't really hold down a, a job, doesn't really have a career. I mean, who, who really at the end of the, end of the day has a better life? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Either. I don't know. So, and I don't know. Like, uh, I think. I think there's a lot of factors. Like, I don't think you're uh, ignoring that, but uh, I think there's plenty of stories of people who have come from nothing, got big, and then crashed. And uh, plenty of people started out the top and stayed at the top. And, you know, why is that? I don't know. Steppy's read a lot of self-help. Maybe he's got some insight into that. But um, <laughs> but I, real, like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I understand the point you're saying. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of... You know, I agree with it, but I think there's a yeah, lot just, of things going so on in people's minds and their heads and their situations. It's not as straightforward. Yeah, just so it's clear, so it doesn't sound like I'm saying that you're just kind of uh, doomed to where you're at. Or, but it's it's really up to the individual to make certain decisions, and you're kind of the you're the captain of your own destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so. Uh, I dropped a, a comic that was circulating uh, yesterday on Twitter in the uh, the Twitter chat. It might be an interesting point of discussion. Okay. This actually just sort of managed to come up organically. Um, so it's uh, <laughs> it's a it's a very buff guy in a, a muscle tank top. 
uh, just standing there proudly. And the probably like the cartoonist, I guess, uh, it is like a dainty girl who looks at the guy and thinks, wow, this guy is so strong. He must be some kind of warrior chieftain. What a great guy. And the header is people don't look at a ripped guy and think. <laughs> uh, so the next panel. No, we think, oh, that guy spends a lot of time in the gym. And if we're being judgmental, we might think, oh, that guy's life must be pretty damn boring if he can devote so much of it to lifting pieces of metal. And then uh, I guess this is the cartoonist. Some some guy comes in whispering, guess what? I could go to the gym too, but I'd rather read a book, draw a picture, play music, or talk with friends. I'd rather lead a curious life than a muscly one. <laughs> in 50 years, we'll all be saggy, but he'll be saggy and boring. Um, <laughs> what? What a little soy yes. boy. So I, I think I've heard you throw around the term loser-tarian before, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of sums I, it I, up, I, huh? <laughs> I, I, well, yeah, this person is almost certainly not a libertarian, but it's that kind of energy. Uh, it's, I, I people just... looking for a, a way to um, feel good about themselves, I guess. I don't know. I think like this is a, a just a pitfall that we all have to avoid being in this sphere is just like it, falling into that losertarian trap of like, well, I've got it all figured out. I know how the the Federal Reserve works. I'm 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 based and and red pilled. So, like I can just point at people and laugh. Look at all these dummies. They they don't know yeah, anything about good, currency. Uh, meanwhile, you know, you end up just neglecting your own development, like these people in, in the comic making fun of the strong guy. So I thought that was an interesting illustration of something to avoid. Yeah, that is, that is really good because I've, I've been critical of libertarians a lot where they do kind of look down upon other people and, um, yeah, obviously not all of them are like this, but a lot of them also tend to be the people that hold their poverty up in like high esteem. They wear it as a badge of honor. And it's like, okay, um, if you understand how everything works and how rigged the game is and everything, why don't you use that understanding to, you know, do something economically? Not that you're going to necessarily you know, play that game and glean those advantages. But, you know, if you understand how the game's played, you should at least be able to do something about it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's just these excuses to say, well, it's the government, it's the federal reserve, it's taxes, it's regulations. If, if all that stuff wasn't there, then I'd, I'd be doing so much better. And I sometimes when I'm in conversations that get like this, I try to tell them, it's like, all right, yeah, we do live in a, in a world where the Federal Reserve, you know, robs and cheats and helps people rob and cheat and steal and everything. But um, the people that are successful right now, um, yes, some of their gains might have been ill-gotten because they leverage some of the you know bad aspects of the Fed and the state. But those are just also people who figure out how to get things done and be productive, whether there's a state or not. So if you're just waiting for the fed to disappear or the government to not regulate everything so that wow now now i'll have this red carpet that i can uh 
go and 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 be some really successful dude. Uh, I've got bad news for you. <laughs> That's not how it works. Yeah, and there's nothing. Um, there's nothing so, your enemies want more than to just see you be like, oh, game over, game's rigged. Guess I'll do nothing because I've got it all figured out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's like I, I made a meme one time. You know the, um, you know that Aladdin meme with the, the couple panels where he like looks excited at first and then, or no, looks looks like real suspicious and then the next panel, he looks excited. Kind of like the okay. Drake meme. Um, I made one where the first panel where he looks scared and suspicious and says, like, uh, you know, we, we libertarians, we're, we're going to overthrow the state. And then the next panel is by growing cucumbers. <laughs> and that's Aladdin looking, uh, you know, really excited as, as being the state. Because it's like, you could just... <laughs> I don't even know where I was going. I forget. I forget the point. Uh, that might have been a little bit of a non sequitur there, but it just whatever you're not said, being as productive as you could be. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know you're you're directing this energy in just like weird places and um, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, just making excuses and, and just giving up basically because there's this impediment in your way and and not like actually attacking it uh in any sort of productive or intelligent way just just feeding right into doing exactly what they want you to do. And, and like the, the people in like the space that we run in like have the potential to be some of the most immensely effective people and some of them are uh for sure like if you look at someone mm -hmm. like tom woods it's like that man has like other than ron paul probably created more libertarians than anyone alive i maybe there's one or two possible alternatives but i think tom woods is probably number two to ron uh and the mm -hmm. reason i think uh, among many that he's so persuasive is that he wins all he does is win his life is just a, a massive success like he's he's a family man uh like he's you know an academic he's, he's a, 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 so effective at everything he's, he's a, a very good man. communicator too um and i'm sure that's something I mean, maybe it comes somewhat naturally to him, but I'll bet you it's something he had worked on for years because he is very good. Like you could put Tom Woods in front of pretty much anybody, like any blue pilled normal normie statist. You could play Tom Woods in front of and they're not going to. I mean, maybe they'll be angry. I don't know. But he, the way he presents these ideas and spells them out so clearly and he's like a middle aged father like drives a minivan probably like you know he just comes across so genuine as like not like a even though he is very radical in his thought he doesn't come across as this like burn it down i'm angry you guys are evil type way he's a very effective communicator in that sense yeah and he's talked yeah. about i'm sure we've all heard it but he, he would say like when he was at harvard he tried to be friends with as many people as possible because he knew he was unpopular in his views and that goes back to your article and having friends and allies. Like, it's okay to be nice to people. <laughs> really? Yeah. And I think, like, ultimately at the root of this, you know, I chose to, like, focus on talking about physical health. But really it's about, like, aside from 
the physical benefits. It's about rhetoric and persuasion. Uh, like I, I, that's, I think the key to why physical health matters aside from the superficial of just feeling better living longer, uh, like at least as it relates to advancing an ideology. So like, you know, if like Tom Woods has all that winner energy, like we should all kind of aspire to like, you know, take some, pages out of his playbook and, and just look like a winner be a good communicator like use every trick in the book and i think there's a sort of a renaissance man strategy that's like ideal is you know like like learn about bitcoin learn about fitness learn about gardening like all of these things are actually worthwhile like improve your income all this stuff but like it, the we are in like a war of growth and asymmetric power with the state. So like having every single libertarian be as powerful and as successful and charming as possible, like this is ultimately good. Yeah. So one of the things I'll, I'll change gears a little bit of, of how I was talking about things, but, um, One of, one of the worst things that the state does with is with the Federal Reserve, and that it it really um, let me take a step back first. I want to go back to that comic because it um, you know it shows this the, the guy you know real muscly guy, and they're saying oh he just must spend all of his time at the gym. Says who? You know who's to say that this guy doesn't also yeah. do a lot of reading, isn't a musician, do do other stuff? I mean look at look at a lot of like professional athletes. And you'll find that a lot of them are, are like, yeah, no, I think though, I Not do just, think, cause you know, um, I, I get, I get the point of that. Is that, that's just like people's perspective, what they say. I mean, people say that all the time. He just must be in the gym right. all the time. It's kind of like your excuse to not be in shape. It's like that guy. Yeah. Cause that guy spends his yeah. whole life there. Like, of course like you're saying like, who's to say. The comic basically ended up embodying the straw man argument unironically. Like they they were the person just being like, I don't know, right. that person must live in the gym. It's like, that's something you would say if you'd never gotten in shape before. The fact is like with 10 hours a week, you can achieve a very impressive body if you're just You dedicated. don't even need that much time. Yeah, that that's like elite, <laughs> like 10 hours. Yeah, you don't even need that much time. If you spent a half hour a day and actually went and worked, not standing around talking, not taking five minutes between sets, whatever you go in there for a half hour a day, five days a week, and you will have massive gains in almost no time. And plus too, it gives you energy, but more energy throughout the day, everything else, other stuff than you otherwise would. But so I think so, that's like, I agree with what you're saying, Rallo, but that is like what people yeah. say. Um, you know, that guy just spends his whole life in the gym. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the, yeah, that's yeah. what the comic is saying. The comic, yeah, yeah, that, that's what people think, but that's not necessarily true. And and so one of the things that I think that this is one of the worst things about the state is that with the Federal Reserve, it depreciates the value of your money. And so in order to just maintain your standard of living, you got to do like these weird things, like maybe work more hours. Um, just to kind of chase, chase your your current standard of living, or, or spend time trying to read stuff, read up on stocks, so that you're investing in in the stock market, or your four hundred one k, just so that you're trying to you know maintain some sort of wealth preservation. 
Um, and that takes away your ability to, to do a lot of other stuff um, that would be more fulfilling for your life. If you could uh, every year work a little bit less while still maintaining your standard of living, well, then there's a lot of other stuff you can do. You could spend more time at the gym. You could start doing more gardening. And, you know, one of the benefits, you know, I, I rip on people for taking, like, you have to grow your own food. And but you have a 55-gallon drum you know, in your living room, don't you? Yeah. Oh, of course. Uh, but I love gardening. It's a hobby for me. But I think, it, but, but it can be, depending on what you're doing, it can be expensive and it can be uh, expensive in the beginning. And it can be somewhat time consuming, but it is extremely rewarding, not just for, you know, the mental aspects of it. Um, even, you know, being outside and doing physical work in your garden is good too, but you know, growing your own fresh food is there's obvious health benefits to it too. Um, but if someone's working 60 hours a week and can only afford a little apartment in the city, well, they really can't do that much as far as growing their own food. Maybe can't really afford a gym membership or, or don't have time or the energy to do it. Um, and then also, since you're just like so tired, um, at the end of the day, you come home and just like turn on the TV and watch whatever stupid show's on. And you just kind of fall into this kind of lifestyle that you get into this these feedback loops that are very bad and and self i don't want to say self-destructive but not you know it's interesting um um that you're, you're saying this like um every semester when we were in season my grades were higher than when we it was off season because <laughs> your day is so yeah. structured you're working you're going you're getting stuff done and then it's like you know there's less time in the spring semester that <laughs> other things start grabbing your attention and you get lazy i guess i don't know but I think that's common for a lot of, uh, at least college athletes, when they're in season, their grades are often better. Not always, but. Yeah, I, I remember someone in an internship I had, he said, if you ever want to get something done, ask yeah. a busy person. So it's, it's if you can start, um, you know, if we had a hard money, if we do adopt a Bitcoin standard where you're, you know, your money appreciates in value that you can, you know, have, just, just saving, stuffing the money under your mattress appreciates in value. You can do more stuff with it. I mean, you don't have to work as hard. You don't have to be chasing that to keep that standard of living. It opens up a lot more time for you to do other things, pursue other things. Um, they're really more fulfilling. I mean, maybe some of us have our absolute dream job, um, that that's what we wake up in the morning and, and absolutely love what we do. doesn't mean you have to, you know, the alternative is you hate your job. I like my job, but it's not, not what motivates me in the world really. Um, but that's what like relationships and hobbies are for. And that's what really can, can provide a lot of that, uh, mental and spiritual growth and, and real fulfillment in your life. So, uh, I do feel bad for a lot of people out there that are stuck in that rut because they're kind of set up just by the, the way the economy and, and the monetary structure is that you're starting up from that really, really low point and, and nasty point. Yeah. I, it's, uh, it, it really, the, the rut 
enforces high time preference behavior. Like you just want to cope your way through that 60 hour work week or whatever. And, uh, really kind of hit fast forward on life and avoid the pain. But the sad truth of it is that, you know, leaning into pain is the only way that you create the positive behavior loops that are actually going to free you. So like, and also it takes so little time to rewire your brain to just not care. Whatever the thing that you're afraid mm-hmm. to do is, if it is like go to the gym, you know, five days a week, whatever, like once you like do that thing for three weeks, it's just part of your identity, especially if you just convince yourself like, yes, this is me. This is who I am and what I do. Uh, and don't let yourself slip on that attitude. Like you're you're there. You're done. And the, the pattern of behavior is set and it's just a matter of not deviating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that that absolutely, you know, getting into good habits absolutely influences other other areas of your life. You're able to, you know, have get starting that one good habit or breaking that one bad habit helps you break other bad habits and and do the good habits and and other ones. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, I mean, we, we kind of said this in the beginning, but you know, we, we break these down and, and look at these on an individual case and we say, yes, it's, it's very good to be in shape, but I mean, you start looking at it, how it connects to the other parts of your life. And it really, really just has so many other effects on things that it's, man, it, it's, I, I'm glad you, I'm really glad you wrote this piece because it, it really, trigger some thought it should trigger some thoughts in people's brains and it triggered a good good conversation here to to really see how important these ideas are and and how much uh yeah that it should be part of your uh you know just your lifestyle in general um i love your line at the end it's called human action not human (laughs) yeah yeah, it's uh, it's true though. But like you know, we could all just use a little more uh, positive bullying. That's my attitude. So mm-hmm. I was just trying to bully some people, and, and uh, you know, I, I expect to be bullied back. <laughs> well, that's something. So just something on that, um, which just kind of popped in my head. Rallo and I often whine about libertarians, um, but some of these people are really smart. Um, a lot of them are. And I, you, you may have even said this in this episode earlier, but there's a lot of potential too. And uh, doing little things like a ha- workout for a half hour, workout for 15 minutes a day. If you have never worked out in your life, do 15 minutes and do that every day. And then you, you'll start seeing those gains and that confidence like you're saying. And then you're really doing something. Now you have all these libertarians who are actually like people want to be around, people want to see, people are attracted to. And uh, yeah, the whole point of your, your article is that's kind of important for the, the movement. Nobody likes the guy who sits and reads all day and tells everyone how smart he is. Yeah, I mean, like, what if we could rewire the entire meaning of, like, how people perceive a libertarian? Because, like, think about, like, you think think of, like, what is a Mormon, right? It's like, oh, they're the clean-cut, disciplined people. It's like, like, you associate certain people with certain behavior patterns. Like, libertarians 
I don't know. It's like they're the quirky people who are really smart and complain a lot. Like that, that's that's my average picture of a libertarian. But right. what if it was like, oh, they're the the really smart, quirky people who are like lethally politically effective or like really good entrepreneurs. They're do, solving things on their own, like make, finding solutions, you know, building a community. Well, it's so easy and, and Slappy, you just kind of touched on it, talking about, um, you know, just starting out and, and seeing those, those positive gains. As a libertarian, we see all the, the what's wrong with the world and, and how bad the government is and, and how much it harms us. And I just you know, went on a little monologue about how awful the Federal Reserve is and, and depreciating the value of your money and wealth and what that does to a person. And I think it's very easy as a libertarian to kind of externalize your problems and say, well, I've identified all these really bad things and they are, in fact, really, really bad. Um, and so that can, you know, it's me against the federal government. Well, that sounds awful. Like, I'm not going to win that fight. And so you, to do anything other than just complain, like, what, what are you going to do? What do you when you look at that? You know, you see yourself up against this, you know, multi-trillion dollar institution. And like, what are you going to do against them? Probably not that much because, you know, the best you can do is not even chip the paint on them. Um, But that's not a really healthy mindset because, you know, you sit there and just start externalizing your problems. Oh, it's because of the government. Oh, it's because of the government. But when you start working out, and, and even if, you know, maybe you are looking at uh, the equivalent of a multi-trillion dollar institution by, you know, what kind of shape you're in and, and where you want to be. And it, and it looks like this absolutely massive mountain. But you start working on it. You start getting those gains. Suddenly, like, you become empowered because no one else did that for you. No one else drug your, drug your butt off the couch and got you, you know, in a weight room and lifting or at the gym or, or going for a run. That was all you. And you can start to internalize your problems and understand that you are the one who is accountable for your problems and you're the one that ultimately no one else is going to make the difference in these problems. So I think that that my, that little bit of a mindset change just by working out and getting in shape can really have positive um, positive effects in, in other areas, especially libertarianism and just how you're going to look at look at something like as, uh, as nasty as the federal government. You're going to look at it and say, eh, all right, well, okay, it's there. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to do what I got to do. Yeah. And, and yeah. so you know, one thing that I notice is like, you know, libertarians often don't use, we're very like, logical logos driven in our argumentation but we could maybe use to uh stand to use a little more emotion and aesthetic uh appeals like if you look at i I mean one of the most effective libertarian adjacent writers in history was ayn rand like I, i mean libertarian adjacent but like all of her books are just these long screeds about like the powerful individual going out and imposing 
his uh, will upon the world and yada yada it's like there is merit to that people actually love to hear that stuff and and for you know if you look at like the modern dissident right with like the the bronze age mindset stuff and like all these right-wing bodybuilders like that stuff actually does rally people uh even if like those guys are goofballs like well, did it you, works um, did you happen to hear michael malice on joe rogan recently uh, i didn't see it now it was like last week or something or I, I don't know when it was but they were talking about this because michael mouse was talking about how he works out and you know joe rogan's a fitness guy he's martial art kind of guy always in shape and that's what he you know michael mouse was trying to say being in shape's not that important and joe rogan was like uh-uh <laughs> and just totally shut it down because those people like you're saying the crazy right wingers who are in shape they have charisma for, they have the confidence people follow them the people are attracted to it Yeah, definitely. It's uh, and I know, like, especially the last couple or last week's episode, and and recently with a lot of the Bitcoin, like, I I know that I, I do it on Twitter too. I bash people over the head with stuff. Um, I know I'm hard on people with with these uh with these media, whether it's the podcast or Twitter, and I kind of do it on purpose, just kind of like the uh, what you were saying, Steppy, about uh maybe being a little bit of aggressive with the, uh, you know, or, or light bullying, if you will. I do it on purpose, one, because, you know, I want to kind of rattle people a little bit. You know, if, if I piss you off over me criticizing, you know, what you're thinking or what you're doing, good. Prove me wrong or, or you know, put, but put a chip on your shoulder and, 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 and make it stir you into some sort of action. Um, and I also do it because I'm trying to keep myself accountable because I often can, you know, all the things I criticize, that can be me too. I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, oh, I'm talking about other people, not me. You know, I, I, I'm also very vocal and critical about this stuff is, is a way to keep myself accountable because I don't want to be a, a hypocrite. And if I see myself starting to go in those directions, then you know, I don't want to. I don't want to sit there and, and be an obvious hypocrite. Yeah, absolutely. When I'm like bullying or criticizing, a lot of, uh, you know, my targets are sort of aspects of myself or my past self that is like, I know sort of what I'm making fun of because I've been that or I have that potential within me. Right. Yeah, it's like you're kind of harder on the people on the people you know where you came from. Like I came from the the right wing, and so a lot of the, uh, um, you know, the neocons or something, you've got a, a special sort of disdain for them, maybe because it's like you see yourself in them, and I, I don't want to say it's like shame or something that you would like that, but it's it's almost like, come on, dude, I know what the way you think, and there's a way out of that. Because I did it. <laughs> it's all, uh, it's all very interesting. I like kind of the, uh, I, I, I like the pep. And, and two, um, I was rattled into libertarianism by not, I don't want to say bullied, but like, I remember when I was first coming on to it. And, you know, I found Reddit and found the libertarian Reddits and everything back when like, Reddit, Reddit for libertarians used to be pretty good. Wow. 
Some of those subreddits, well, all relative. Uh, but I, I learned a ton on Reddit. I'm talking back like it was probably 12 years ago, 10, yeah, nine or 10 years ago. Um, and I remember I would say like dumb stuff and people would be like, they wouldn't coddle me or say like, Oh, that's it. They would be like, that's stupid. And I'd be like, wait, these guys that I think like I, cause I, I would read the stuff they say. So yeah, yeah, right on. I agree with that. And these people that I think are smart and, and doing stuff, they're calling me an idiot. And it's like, Whoa, what am I doing wrong here? And it kind of, it kind of forced me to, to, look at what I was saying more and, and be a little more careful and, and like, man, maybe I don't under, I'm, I think I'm among friends and should be, people should be right, you know, slap me on the back saying right on man. But they're like, it's like a record scratch when I'm saying some stuff, what's, what's going on. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it's funny. Um, it seems to me that a lot of libertarians tend to, you know, they rip on like the safe spaces and everything for good reason, obviously. But I mean, the libertarian safe spaces are really just kind of just as bad. Like when there's just this, uh, I don't know, everyone kind of gets wound up in some sort of mindset and everything. And then so when someone else comes in and says, no, that's stupid, it's, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's all sorts of tears and how dare that person come and say that. It's like, well, you just kind of wrapped yourself up in your own little world and, and you don't like, you don't like getting your cage rattled. It's really not any different from anybody else that, that yells and screams when someone tries to, to kick them out of their uh, little comfortable zone. Oh yeah. I mean, it's easy to just drop a bomb that will just piss off like 80% of the libertarians who read it, if you like really set your mind to it, uh, you could just say like, oh, an anarchist society operating completely under the nap can't account for the existence of pedophiles or like, you know, like you just say that and people would just be like, well, <laughs> they just start talking a mile a minute. Uh, but uh and then they start talking about wood chippers, and it's like, oh, well, when's it acceptable to use the wood chipper? Da, 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 da. Anyway, it's easy to set a brush fire. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but it's funny to screw with libertarians. <laughs> oh, it certainly is. Yeah, it's... Uh... I mean, I think... We tend, since, since we do see the world in a much different way than everybody else... Uh, we, we do kind of want to have the tendency, I think, to separate ourselves as libertarians and say that we're like cut from a different cloth than everybody else. But I don't think I think that's it's the case, case in some ways. Well, I think we're. Right. I mean, we're cut from obviously cut from a certain cloth, but but we're not like that special compared well, to everybody like, else. Like I think we're I, I think if you took libertarians and and looked at the, uh, um, the bell curve distribution of libertarians across whatever metric you want to look at, I don't think we're that different than just a general. Well, it, like curve. one one thing if that's that noteworthy sense. if you're a radical of any kind, a, a genuine radical, uh, like a. a, a 
it almost certainly you weren't raised in a household or a culture that taught you to be the way you are. So you were red pilled once. And a lot of people will be like, oh, well, I was red pilled once, so I'm done growing. Or like, I'm, I'm like, I'm now going <laughs> to become set in my ways. And, and I think that's like the kind of trap you're talking about here is the people are like, well, no, I've like figured it out. It's just uh, like you read these like 10 books on anarcho-capitalism and blah, 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 blah. And now you're done. Like, that's the ideal worldview. It's like, no, like, it, why are you convinced like that there's not a second red pill? Like there's, there's nothing like you're done. You're so sure you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like the, uh, the more you learn about something, the more you realize you don't know, which is kind of a healthy way of, of approaching things as opposed to just being, you know, you, yeah. Like you said, you read a couple books, which in the grand scheme of things, it's just such a tiny little small amount of information, you know, being, being an expert in, uh, not even, I don't want to call it an expert, but, but being somewhat well-versed in libertarian thought, that's good. I'm not saying don't do that, but it's, it's really just this really tiny, small piece of the puzzle. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to adequately apply that to the rest of the world around you. So yeah, if you're not continuing to dig deeper and look at things and, and, I'm not saying you're going to like change your mind as I've gone, you know, gone in my path in libertarianism. I've only become a stronger libertarian. Um, I believe, I believe what I believe stronger. Um, but it doesn't mean that I'm always going to have the same strategy or see the, the world in, in the same way I'm going to. I mean, I've taken a bunch of different pills ever since that, that original one, whether it's Bitcoin or Catholicism or, or, you know, um, or anything else, it really changes your perspective on things. You might not ultimately change your conclusion, but, um, you know, your conclusion is, is one thing, but if you have no means of getting there, um, then it's really not worth that much. Um, because I mean, in the beginning it was like, oh yeah, it's this, this makes logical sense. I just have to explain it to people. And if they just hear the logic, they'll change my mind and agree with me. Well, now, several years later, after, you know, experiencing the world a little bit, trying to put that into practice and then discovering other things, I realized that's just <laughs> a horrendous idea. It's not going to work. <laughs> any, any other ways to advance these causes? Like that really, I, I've talked to Slappy about it a few times, but it was really before like Bitcoin and, and, and even, well, adjacent we'll say to before Bitcoin, we were really um, into Bitcoin. Like, huh? Yeah. Um, reading Hans Hermann Hoppe helped me get, start going that direction, but you know, with understanding time preference and, 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 uh, how you want to build strong communities and that's, that's going to be, you know, driving, uh, the health of society. Um, but before that, I mean, it was kind of depressing to think that the only way that we're going to achieve, achieve liberty is Too by like people who have no interest. Can, yeah. yeah. That don't care. Have no reason to care. I think that you're just like some dweeby loser. know it all. 
Wow, that, right. that sounds if, if I cool. listen to you, my life doesn't change at all, but I th- I think the world is just full of manipulative people who control me. Like <laughs> so oh, so why yes. why would I listen to you? <laughs> yeah, I have no you offer no improvement to my life, just depression. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. But uh yeah, and and that's why I mean as you start discovering these kind of personal improvement things um whether it's getting in shape whether it's you know getting into bitcoin whether it's you know finding religion um it starts on the individual level first and and it's really something that changes and moves you and you don't have to like go out of your way to try to evangelize it's the evangel evangelization happens when people see the the positive changes in your life, and they go, "Man, what are you doing that makes you so happy and fulfilled?" Let, let me uh, uh, now. I'm interested as, as opposed to just being lectured about something that they don't see any connection to their own lives. And if they're interested in in, in you know improving themselves, which I think all of us are then they're going to be open to the things that you that you have to say. And you might say, you don't even have to say, this is why I do it because of this, you know, greater idea or goal or something. You say what you're doing and, and they're probably going to ask, well, why? Well, why do you do that? And then you start bringing in that kind of overall mindset, that, that different philosophy in life. Then you start quoting Mises. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, all, and, it, and it just kind of falls into place a little bit better. But it's a much better, much more effective strategy than just kind of, you know, starting off with quoting Mises. <laughs> you got to warm them up first a little bit. All right. Well, what do you got? A free market so. story? Um, I do, unless Steppy, if you uh, p- put you on the spot with a free market story, free market success story. Okay. Really I, I, I'm going to give you a weak one. Uh Went out to uh, dinner today. Had a whole Branzino. Delicious. Ooh, yes. There you go. How was it? Prepared? Uh, it was grilled. Very, very charred. Uh, skin on. Yeah. Uh, I ate the oh, eyeballs. Yeah. It was Head pretty on? good. You ate the eye. Wow, that's a little <laughs> bit uh, more than uh, I've done. But uh, for the uh, feast of the seven fishes that I did around Christmas, I did grill whole bronzinos and it was the uh that was the, the thing that everyone kind of oh it's so good at the minute yeah i uh i stuffed i uh in the in the the uh cavity i filled it with uh uh sliced lemon fennel olive oil and uh, oh, uh shallots and then salt and pepper tied it up got some olive oil on you know on the outside seasoned it and, and put it on the charcoal grill and yeah it's uh really 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 nice i never had bronzino until kind of recently i started seeing it at the store and started buying it and yeah that's a good one i like that. well let, like let's fish, have yours because so. you know i could have that could have been in any kind of market i could have had that success I don't think that was happening in North Korea. That's true. That's true. 
Uh, so mine's just, I finally did, uh, finally very recently did the thing that I should have done for a while ago, but I, I got a VPN service and also uh, changing over my email away from Gmail and, and using a more uh, less evil service, if you will. But one of the nice things about the, uh, the email service that I'm using is that it allows for alias creations. So you can create um, just these kind of throwaway email accounts. And all it is is just a fancy front end for just email forwarding. Um, but it's a nice little feature that if I want to, you know, check out a cert, you know, sign up, have to give my email address to someone that I don't, not sure if I want to continue the service or, or whatever I'm getting. And we know all the times, whenever you sign up for something with an email address, you get all the marketing stuff. You get 8,000 emails from a day and you click on subscribe and it doesn't work. It doesn't do anything. But if you can set up these aliases that are just forwarded to your main email account, as soon as you say, I'm done with this, you don't have to mess with the subscribing stuff. You just go in there and either delete that alias hmm. or just tell it to stop forwarding and it just stops it. It's also nice because when I bought the VPN, you know, a VPN is for, you know, for privacy. And if you sign up for a VPN and you have to give your name, address, you know, credit card information and your email address might defeat the purpose a little bit. You know, it doesn't totally wreck it for you, but um, it's not good. But uh, I was able to use a uh, an alias to sign up for my VPN. And so I just gave it like a generic uh, email address. So there's no real way for them to connect me um, to my e to my main email address. And also it was good because I paid in Bitcoin. Um, and so I didn't have to give any sort of credit card information. So all they wanted was an email address, which you can give them any of them. And, and I paid in Bitcoin. So it, uh, you know, it allows you to, you know, if you're, if you're gonna take measures to be more private, those things allow you to, uh, to start off on the right foot and not have to, you know, give away identifiable information. Yeah, so, the gray man walks nice, among uh, us. Nice. Yes. Yes. I'm going to give, I might have a pseudonym for my pseudonym. <laughs> you can and start crypto scamming. Just like be one of those reply guys who just gets like a profile picture of like Vitalik. And <laughs> email me yeah. for your free F. <laughs> yeah i elon musk always has those uh those guys right after his uh his tweet they reply back with, with something like hey i'm elon musk and go send me send me bitcoin here and i'll send you a fifteen thousand bitcoins back does that work it's great uh <laughs> Definitely. i think so yes they probably wouldn't do it right if, if it didn't work um, I mean, it's just so easy to spoof. Uh, uh, what's it? Uh, Barry almost got me today with uh, saying that, that Carson Wentz got traded to tell all your friends Foles and like a draft pick. Nice, yeah. No, I saw it and I was like, oh wow, that actually happened. And then uh, I checked and I was like, ah, oh, Barry got me. Good work. Uh, but 
we digress. So Steppy, thanks for coming on. Appreciate this conversation. I think it's good, really important to kind of get these ideas out there and, um, yeah, just to, to reiterate and make it clear. I mean, if you're not in shape or whatever, you know, especially in the beginning when I kept talking about fat conking and being as like, it is what it is. Um, but everyone who's out of shape knows they'd feel better gonna, if they were in and they probably want to be in better shape. So sure. just get started. Yeah, but yeah, but it's up to you. To envision. I mean, do what you're going to do. Do it for yourself. I mean, it doesn't matter what I think about it. Um, but I think it's good to, to tell our stories or to, or to give these um, give these ideas to maybe help Someday motivate you could be like Rollin. And uh, <laughs> Yeah. Wait, Just no, like no, that. no. You're trying to incentivize people. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, we all know that I am just like a regular Charles oh, yeah. Globe. So. But uh, yeah, Steppy, thanks for coming on. Uh, if you have any plugs for uh, uh, the listeners, uh, hit us with Yeah, uh, yeah thanks for having me. Uh, I guess you can find me now at boys.town in additional in, in addition to Twitter. But, uh, you know, hit the gym. That's it. <laughs> Get swole. swole. I gotta see what I'm gonna name this episode. Yeah, I, I think I have a good good episode name for it. We'll see it. All right. Uh, yeah, the show notes page for this episode will be mcflugel.com slash 238. We will link to Steffi's Twitter account there. Excuse me. As well as the uh, article, No Fat Conkins. I gotta scroll up. No Fat Conkins, Finding Gains in an Unswole World. Hosted over at boys.town. So go check that out, please. Uh, check out libertymugs.com too. And we'll talk about Bitcoin a little bit. If you uh, want to start your regimen of getting in shape regarding Bitcoin, but don't really know where to start and you're intimidated, kind of like what we were talking about with working out. Well, just like doing a couple push-ups to start out or running that first uh, run around the block, go to 10hoursofbitcoin.com and we will get you started in your uh, Bitcoin workout regimen. And we very recently just put that into a podcast format. So that will also be in the show notes page, but you can also find that at anchor.fm slash 10 hours of Bitcoin. So thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, Steppy. We will uh, we'll catch you next week.